0: This is Beers and Buckets, a podcast for degenerates like us who drink beer and watch basketball. We are the only college basketball podcast that reviews beer and the only beer review podcast that talks college basketball. So grab a beer, throw on a game, and hang with us. Hey, welcome in episode 11. I can't believe we're already 11 episodes in this season. That's amazing. Like 11 weeks into the college basketball season and I feel like It's just started like I feel like some of the teams are just scratching potential and some are uh, hitting their stride and it's fun to see you love to see it. So today we have a special guest. We are joined by Gus Kearns of the screen, the screener college basketball podcast. Gus, how's it going, man?
1: Uh, thanks so much for having me, fellas. Really appreciate any opportunity to talk some college hoops. We're doing all right up here up north. And uh, again, thank you for the opportunity and uh, looking forward to diving in with you guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it was great to get you on. You were you were super quick to respond. Like when I said Sundays, I was like, oh, he's probably not available till you know, February or whatever. And then I got the message that you're available this you know, today and I was like, holy crap, let's go. We didn't have a guest scheduled. Let's go. So that, that was exciting to see. Dal, did you see on what night was it? It was Tuesday night. The ACC upset that night.
2: Which one are you talking about?
0: Yeah, there's, there was probably a couple, but you know which one I'm talking about. Not your Shark Tank upset pick, but, you know, the okay, only that, ranked team in the ACC. That's <laughs> yeah. what I was getting at
2: because uh, your boy picked Miami over North Carolina. And sorry, Gus. So Gus disclosed before the, the podcast that he's kind <laughs> of a, a UNC guy. Um, I felt kind of bad that I put the... <laughs> hashtag GTHC uh, on my on my video today, but um, this is kind of rubbing it in as well. The pick Miami over North Carolina, they beat them by almost thirty points. Uh, looked pretty good on on that one, um, but yeah, no Florida Florida upsetting Duke in overtime. Actually, only caught the very tail end of overtime, but it's always a good day when Carolina and Duke go down in the same day. So,
0: yeah, you you have to wonder if there was uh, if Duke the duke fans like kentucky fans viewed saturday's loss to auburn if there was a little bit of asterisk next to it because keels went down but it's not like i don't know right. it, you know you could always blame an injury and I, I for sure was saying like i mean you see the difference between kentucky with ty tie versus kentucky without ty tie in that auburn game it was night and day i can't imagine that duke fans are taking that loss very well but i think they're also is a little bit of solace in knowing that hey it took an injury for them to lose on the road that's pretty huge Uh, All things considered.
1: Just to jump in, gentlemen, on that. I mean, we we pay attention to the ACC up here as well. And Florida State was going to win one of these games, whether it be on the road or at home. They have entirely too much talent, like always. And you knew they were going to grab a couple of these wins. And also, like the ACC on the whole is very suspect thus far. And I'm sure that's going to continue the rest of the season. So we're going to see some of these upsets that happen, you know, in conference because the teams are so well scouted like Leonard Hamilton is not going to see anything he hasn't seen before from Duke. You know, maybe like what to do with Paulo, but that's about it. So, you knew, you knew like some of these were coming and I'm all in on Miami, by the way, just on the side here. Like, I love that three guard yes. attack. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm very down in Laranega. Same thing. Like Laranega took a little while to figure some things out. McGusty. uh uh, charlie moore who's been around everywhere uh yeah i'm down with them overall this past
0: week was actually a really good week for college basketball i think
1: i think we can count it in last
0: week with kentucky's upset over tennessee but it was the highest viewed thing on espn that day which included some nfl playoffs. so that's pretty impressive but let's go through i I got a list of the upsets that we have here kind of all over the place i didn't have a very organized but you guys can understand so missouri state upset loyola chicago which I thought was a surprise. I thought Drew Valentine was has been coaching the Rambler team very well. So to see them lose to Missouri State, that's kind of disappointing.
1: That, that, that was no surprise, by the way, oh, really? on my end, because Isaiah Mosley is playing like one of the best players in yeah, the that's country true. right now. He's playing out of his mind right now.
0: Yeah, that's very true. So we had Missouri State upset Loyola Chicago, FSU upset Duke, TCU upset Iowa State, which – Last week I said I thought Iowa State was overrated and it's continuing to prove true. Tennessee and uh, Alabama beat LSU last week, so rough week for Will Wade. You know, no one, no one except for everyone in the nation besides LSU fans. (laughs) You know, hate to see that. (laughs) I mean, like everyone can't stand him. When he was whining in that interview that in that video that went on Twitter, I was like, I was so, I was just crying tears of joy. It was just happy to happy to see. He at least
2: doesn't win the the award for whiniest coach this week, though.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's that's very true. I hate whiny coaches, and Cal's one of them, and I can't stand when he does that. But
2: yeah, Cal does get kind of whiny sometimes. Yeah.
0: Um, Maryland upset Illinois, which I did call him a Shark Tank upset. Uh, Michigan State beat Wisconsin, which, Dal, you and I both agree that Michigan State was going to win on the road in Wisconsin. Indiana beat Purdue. Shout out to Steven from and Tech Podcast for calling that one out. Marquette what? over Nova, which I called that out too. Shaka Smart at Marquette is a different coach than Shaka Smart at Texas. And Kansas State over Texas, which I thought, I mean, I thought that was a kind of big surprise. And Stephen of Talking Tech Pod was not surprised by that at all. He was very right in his last call last week. So shout out to Talking Tech. You guys should follow them. Even if you don't follow that program closely, it's definitely a treat to in- interact with their fans. They're great guys over there.
2: Uh, this is a this is a fully Texas Tech rambling rec podcast now. Rec, no, that's Georgia Tech. Never mind. Strike that from the record.
0: Red, Red Raiders, Raiders, Red Raiders. But honestly, <laughs> I I think we have surpassed Red Raiders fans. Like they've surpassed the amount of Kentucky fans. Like I think we have more Red Raiders fans than Kentucky fans and are following on Twitter. Currently, we are nothing so. if not
1: susceptible to pandering. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that that's the power of the Red Raiders and the power of uh, the Big Twelve. Oh my! Yeah. And you mentioned LSU there, and we can just are you know harken back to the first part of our, our conversation without Pinson – their their point guard you knew they were going to be susceptible and that's exactly what happened so uh, injuries are unfortunate part of our sport but they do happen and when you don't pay attention to them and then you're like oh wait how did that happen and you just go back and check yeah that makes total it makes total sense one thing
2: on that too one thing on that too i was just look just pulled up lsu's ken palm page Tari eason is now ninth in the ken palm player of the year rankings and he doesn't start
1: (laughs) he's awesome
2: He's pretty good. Ninth in in the country in Ken Palm's rankings is wild though.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, all right. I do want to ask you a couple of questions. We have you as a guest on our podcast, Gus, and we again we appreciate you coming on, taking the time. So we wanted to get to know you a little bit more. We talked a little bit about it before the uh, we started recording, but we, we mentioned that you're a North Carolina fan. What made you become a North Carolina fan?
1: I'm really gonna date Mm -hmm. myself here and uh, hopefully ages. No, exactly that. That's the first that's the first game I got to stay up late for as a kid. I got to stay up late on that Monday night to watch that championship game. And it just so happened that our CYO basketball team is that same color blue. Well, there you go. So as a kid, I was just like, oh my gosh, they wear the same color that we do. I love yeah. this guy. I love this team. And then I got the Converse weapons in the same color, Carolina blue, for you know my CYO yeah. basketball days. So I was all in from the start. And then you know it was it was excellent to follow along and follow his career. And you're just like, wow, I got on in the ground the ground floor, but for real, yeah, on is, the ground That floor. is pretty
0: awesome. I gotta ask Converse. Yeah. Like I was back when they were a good basketball shoe, right? Were they actually good compared to now, or are they just kind of mid?
1: the 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 weapons were a little clunky to say the least like once you you know then we stepped over to like uh air force ones i'm again really dating myself like really air force ones the first ones yeah like we got those yeah yeah it was they they were legit and then uh probably my favorite shoe in high school was the revolution again dating myself here when barkley had the commercial of like i'm not a role model. That shoe was fantastic. That was a great Nike shoe, great basketball shoe.
0: I'm not a sneakerhead, but I would love to become one if I ever make enough money to get into that game. <laughs> but, good. yeah, it's just way too much money. But I do love in The Last Dance when Jordan's talking about when he, go, when he plays in the, in the garden and he decided to break out the Jordan 1s for his final game in the garden. Yeah. And it was just like, that was so cool uh just that he wore that and then like he's talking about like my feet were bloody they're blistered they were just all like miserable it's like you gotta love the evolution of basketball shoes as far as that goes
1: so Oof. It, yeah those those were rough and and just to play it full circle uh you know my daughter is a hooper and uh, a bunch of her friends come over when I see all the shoes at the front of the door there are three pairs of air force ones and a pair of like design your own Jordans at the front door that those girls wear. So I'm like, all right, yeah, that, that makes sense. I love it. I love yeah, that it's come awesome. back around.
2: Carolina blue is just like an incredible color too. Like it pains me to say yeah. it, but it's it's so clean.
0: It's not for me, but you know, to each their own. I, I, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> we talked about the basketball part portion. This is beers and buckets. So we got to ask what's your favorite beer. What's your go-to beer? You know, what, if you're having a barbecue and you're not going to slam them, you want to enjoy something, what you, what you drinking?
1: Well, I think, you know, the quote unquote house beer is I'm a high life right. guy, you know, ha- have been for a long time. So that's my thing, but I am not a beer, uh, I like to say I'm not a beer snob. I'm yeah, just a beer definitely. fan. So I'll have that. But, uh, you know, also I, I love the craft brewery scene that's up here in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, when you get your hands on something like filthy, like really nasty, like really great that you don't get yeah. your hands on that often. Uh, I just recently got my hands on a Heady Topper from up in Vermont. Totally amazing. Uh, and if you, whenever you have like that uh, special, you know, destination beer that people will go yeah. to that brewery to wait online for it. And then it falls into your lap. You're like, ah, this is, yeah, definitely.
0: No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, we're not, we're not beer snobs on here in beers and buckets. I mean, one of our co-hosts, Matt, who has been sick for the past week, he wasn't able to come on tonight. That dude says the best beer in the world is a cold Bud Light. So we are not beer snobs. We are beer fans on this podcast. I, I can't stand IPAs for what they're worth. So (laughs) it was a struggle to get through that week when we were doing that. So, all right. Well, uh, last question I have, and then I'll turn it over to Dell if he has any questions for you, is how would you get into the podcasting game? How would you get into this college basketball media scene? And, uh, you know, like, wh- hmm. where, where do you think it's
1: leading you to? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, it, it started with my best friend, you know, not dissimilar from you guys uh, in your podcast. Uh, we had followed college basketball, obviously, our whole entire lives. We dabbled in it in college. Uh, we both played in high school. Um, and, you know, we would just follow the tournament every year. And we do these like fantasy-ish games and, and and you know, pick players and the whole thing. So, we you know, we have, I have notebooks from, you know, 10 years ago of that. So he comes on with, you know, we sit down and have a beer, uh, you know, at the local watering hole. And he's like, hey, do you want to do like a podcast? And I'm like, I, sure. How do we do this? And so then we dive in and, and figure it out and fail miserably uh, early on and can't figure out how to post <laughs> things and how to record and how to edit. And it was a, a borderline like, you know, messy disaster. But, good, you know, all artists yep. get messy and we got messy. And uh, you know, I'd like to think that we're one of the first college basketball podcasts on the independent scene. That was not didn't have like a a, a name next to us yeah. like CBS or ESPN or something like that. So it, yeah, it was really cool, and we've been able to interact with uh, you know Matt Norlander and interact with uh, Gary Parish and have them as guests on our podcast, and so that's been really cool. And the biggest thing that we've taken away from it is like much like you guys, this yeah. is the kindness and the kindness even from the the people at the top of the totem pole. Uh, And it goes all the way down. And and that's like kind of refreshing, to be honest. Uh, And where is it going? It doesn't really have to go anywhere. Uh, It can just be a a nice conversation with friends, maybe with a beer, about the sport that you love. And now we can just do it tech-wise instead of like making a special calendar date on your family calendar to say like, hey, I'm going to get together with the fellas. Now, you can just kind of do this, and then other people can kind of listen to no, your that's conversation. Awesome. That, that's exactly. Yeah. I mean, to give you a little insight about
0: beers and buckets, and for our listeners, I don't even know if they know this. I had an idea for this um, actually a couple of years ago. I was listening to Kyle Tucker of The Athletic and uh, J. Kyle mm-hmm. Mann from uh, Ringer, and they both were the locked on Kentucky guys at the time. And this is a couple of years ago. Yeah. Right. Shout out to the Ringer uh, sweatshirt you got on there, Dal. And, uh, but they, they were both the locked on Kentucky guys at the time, Kyle Tucker. I was, I was listening to him that morning at night. He was recording. He's like, I got a pumpkin ale. It's good. He started reviewing his beer on this podcast. I was like, Oh, bingo. <laughs> yeah, there it is. So I was like, people like to relate different things back to it. And, and so I had, I've been sitting on this for a while. And before the season started, I was like, you know what, this is the season to do it. This is the time to do it. I reached out on Twitter to a couple people. And uh, that's how I got connected with Dal. I wasn't friends with Dal. I didn't even follow him before. And now, now we talk every day. So it's a cool, it's a cool experience for sure. Um, it's awesome how yeah. things like that can bring people together. So, okay, so Dal, do you have any questions for him?
2: Yeah, a little bit, a little bit less serious. Um, in the last like couple of years, <laughs> just like you have a favorite kind of off the beaten path player, um, not someone that was like a. Like a you know like a national player of the year contender or anything, just someone that you really really loved watching.
1: Uh, I'm gonna say I, I, a couple. Uh, we'll go currently right now. I love Hunter Maldonado out in Wyoming. You know he's one of three players that's averaging 15 five and five. I love like the big multi diversity guard play or wing play for that matter. And if we go, I'm trying to think. If we go way back. I loved Nigel Williams goss when he was over at Gonzaga. And I think that was, he was the player that got them to the place that they've been trying to get to for so many years in the final four and the championship game. And so I think I I really enjoyed how he played and how much he valued that opportunity playing with and for Mark few and for that uh, Gonzaga community. That's
0: awesome. Nice. Yeah.
2: Um, you said that you played. You played some ball. What was uh, who? Like who do you comp your game to? Who did who did you play? Like oh,
1: I well, I you know I was a you know the classic undersized uh, three or four right, and I couldn't really stretch the floor that well. <laughs> <laughs> My thing was uh, let's see, uh, I defended the pants off somebody. Like we, we 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 played this team. This guy was coming into the game averaging forty. I held him to six, uh, and we lost by three. On like, and I had the last shot. Like inbound, we're down three. Kind of like a forty-footer heave off the rim, didn't go in. And I look at the box score. I'm like, how many do you have? Six. I was like,
0: shut you down, man.
1: <laughs> so a little, a little bit, a little bit of that. Yeah.
2: C- Connor has has compared himself to JJ Redick. He just three likes and to D, think baby. Be, three and D. Yeah, but you. Pick a guy that isn't that much D and is like one of the best threes of all time. It's <laughs> it's still funny to me that
0: hey, you. Hey, come down Tuesday nights. We play basketball. I could show you how good of a three point shooter I am because Dude, I, I am the most consistent three point shooter in our pickup sessions by far, by far.
1: <laughs> all right, I, I close out hard on you, Connor. I'll no pump, problem. I'll pump and make you make yeah, you jump turn, and then step back again.
0: <laughs> all right, let's move on. Yeah, do it. <sighs> This is Shark Tank Upsets. Each host pitches an upcoming game using stats and reasoning to convince the Sharks to buy in. Sharks can buy a pint, case, keg, or be completely out. This is Shark Tank Upsets, and this week, Beers and Buckets returns to the tank. All right, Gus. We're going to let you go first with Shark Tank upsets So go ahead and pitch us your game, man.
1: Okay. I I was a little nervous about about this particular segment of your podcast because this is a lot of pressure. So I just want to make sure that I'm picking something that people can <laughs> dial into. Yeah. Um. So I, I think the, the 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 wagering is is a pint, a six pack, and a case. Is that correct? Yeah. A pint you can case get up to a keg, keg, if you if you want to. But you that's can really like do keg. whatever
0: you want. Like we we, all right. we yeah. somebody's taking a free sample, like in the liquor store. Just to, here's a free <laughs> sample before. So we're 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 not really picky about it at all.
1: All right, I'm gonna go with a pint on this one. I I, I like I want to enjoy it and I, I I admire it, but I'm not you know I'm not going keg on it. I'm gonna say how about Thursday and the day on this is crucial. Thursday, how about S I U? giving Loyola Chicago trouble at home. They're going to play twice this week.
2: Oh, that's weird. So they're
1: going to play at Loyola first, and then they're going to go to SIU and play second within the same week. Now, here's my pitch. Here's what we're going to do. These two teams are going to play twice, and after visiting Loyola Chicago earlier this week, the SIU team is 5-1 and one in the last six games against the spread, Loyal Chicago is going to be favored in both games by a ton. Now, the key with SIU is they keep everything close. They have not got blown out one time this season. Their biggest deficit has been 12 points. Yep. Now, the, their, their average loss is about six points. I'm guessing that Loyal Chicago, by name and reputation, and by team and by metrics, is going to be favored by more than that. And if you get that team twice in the same week, I think we just look at like the UMass and St. Louis result when they had a similar outcome within a couple of games. UMass actually beat St. Louis and then St. Louis came back and smashed them and put up 90 on them. So I think I'm not saying that SIU is going to put up 90 on Loyola Chicago. In fact, I'm saying the complete opposite. I think the scores are going to be unbelievably low. That's another part of this shark tank that I'm I'm in, in on. Both teams, their pace of play is in the 300s via Ken Palm so the spread that is going to exist with this game is not going to be able to be hit because of the pace of play of both teams not just SIU and not just Loyola Chicago and then if you just take a look at the 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 numbers we have Loyola Chicago up in the 17s via Ken Palm we have SIU down in the threes so you know that spread might be double digits it's going to be higher with Loyal Chicago at home, and it might be double digits. So anytime you can get uh, uh, you know, a home dog, inner conference I think that's interesting. So maybe not for the win, but I'll say for the cover. And they also have one of the finest players in the, in, in, the, in the league, Marcus Domask. He's one of the few players in the country that's leading his team in points, rebounds, assists, and blocks. I'm going to take SIU to cover, maybe even for the upset, Thursday night against Loyal Chicago.
2: I'm I'm super in on this. So as as you did doing the homework, I listened to your your last episode and you talked about the the home dogs and just like how you're you're done betting against the home right. dogs in conference play. Uh, I really like this. Marcus Domask averages is playing over ninety percent of their minutes, yeah. so he just like literally stays on the floor the entire time,
1: never comes off.
2: I.
0: She's thirty-seven percent from three, too. That's pretty impressive.
2: Yeah, Ken Palm has Loyola favored by twelve on Tuesday and only yep. five on on Thursday. So mm. that's probably going to be around that five, six, seven
1: mark. I, I would guess yeah. that, but you you want to think that Vegas is going to do their homework as well, and maybe they'll also notice the you know the 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 deficit and the margin that. SIU has been playing within. So maybe that number is a point or two the other way, yep. but I think it's worth looking at for sure.
2: No, I like that. I'll, uh, I'll go in for a six pack on this one. Ooh. I, I, I like this.
0: Okay. This is tough. I, I got to say it's tough because I hate that they have a conference game where they play the same team back to back. That's really back-to-back, stupid yeah. and like that they would do that. Um, Thanks COVID. Thanks a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> don't love that for either team because it's, you really don't like i mean it's basically just one game essentially <laughs> like you're just getting you know four quarters that are 20 minutes so um i'm going to say i'll buy a pint on this i'm not super in on this. i'll buy a pint for them to cover uh sure. i think loyal chicago is going to win because i mean looking at ken pom they shoot it better and then everything on siu side on their offensive end it's like it's more red than green and yeah, that just yeah. is just a clear sign right there that's just like I don't know how much I can I can put money on this uh, offense here. It is impressive that they shoot 35.2% from three and they're ninety 96 in the nation. That's, that is an impressive stat. But then you look over at Little Chicago and they're 12th in the nation for that in right. that percentage. So I don't love that they get blocked a lot. I don't love that they 67.3%
1: from free throw. That's what I looked at too, and I'm hoping that, hey, when they're at home they're going to be comfortable in their gym if it does come down to a close game. It's not a road game where people are going to be you know, waving signs at them. They'll be like – that place will be hushed.
0: Yeah. Both teams suck at offensive rebound percentage, uh, 25.1, 24.9. So not very great. Um, I'll I'll say a pint for uh, SIU to cover for sure, though. I I like that. Yeah. Fair. All right, Dal, go ahead, man.
2: All right, I had honestly I had three that I was trying to pick between, um, and I won't. I can say them after so that I don't steal yours, Connor. But I think I'm gonna go with the big swing here. And on Saturday at 8 p.m., this will be on ESPN two. It's gonna be Connor's UCF uh, Golden Knights taking out Houston. Um, the the big thing here is that. So UCF, I know Connor, you went to the the game and UCF scores like over almost 35% of their points from three. So it's kind of one of those, like, you got to hope that they get hot at
0: home. Yeah.
2: But they do have the ability to get hot and they score a ton from three. Houston's defense is just great all around. Um, but always the, like, I mean, like, that's going to be the way, the way you beat them. Let me see who Houston has before this to see if this is gonna be a trap game. Ken Palm, quit logging me out. Oh, this is their only game. They, so they actually that actually kind of helps. This is their only game. They they don't play anyone until this on Saturday, so they might come in a little rusty. UCF get out to a to a big lead um, to start the game. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go UCF over the Houston Cougars. Wow.
1: I like the big swing. I think I'll go. Ah, uh, all right, Dal. I think I'll go with. As- I'm gonna go a pint on that. I'm with you. I can see it, but I don't know if I'm willing to, you know, blow a, a six pack or a case on that. But I'll, 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 I'll cheers. I'll cheers that pick with a pint.
0: Yeah, I'm here with a keg, buddy. Uh, you, I have to be oh, all no. in on this one. Uh, yes, here's here's the reason why it's. Houston on the road has has had some close games like they even went on the road and almost lost to Tulsa this yeah. year and almost I pitched that one and, yeah. and almost went through so pretty True. excited so they to were see close that. To
2: temple they're close to temple as well
0: yeah uh, before. as much as we talked about how like conference home games aren't like the end-all- be-all I feel like right. in the American they definitely have a factor you mm-hmm. saw that with USF versus UCF like There was hardly a crowd at USF and they were still like, people were getting up for it. I was at the game and it was, you could hear a pen drop when USF was on offense. So it it definitely plays a factor into all that. And also, UCF, as much as they love their football, they're really getting behind this basketball team, um, especially at home. They have several big football recruits on campus for this game as well. And they're doing Mm. like a barbecue for uh, all the students before the game. it like not that one more like the crisp beard at texas tech maybe not (laughs) Ah, some beers but yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) very nice yeah so i'm i'm with you on this one i actually have a shout out for the knights here at the end as we close the as we close the entire podcast we're gonna shout them out that was my team for the week to shout out so i think they can get it done i think this is the time where we see like houston doesn't you know
1: they aren't as great as we all thought they were so
0: Let's go. And at some
1: point, you have to think about this as well from the Houston perspective, is at some point the injuries have to play a factor and catch up with them, which it hasn't happened yet. So if they're going to get caught in a spot, maybe this is the spot on the road where they get caught with that and they're just not as efficient defensively. There are guys that have been hitting shots in the place of their starters. Maybe those go off the rim, so it's going to catch up with them at some point in conference, just like it did uh, with East Carolina uh, last season. So maybe this is a spot.
0: Yes, yeah. so I'm, I'm begging on. I definitely think the injuries have played a factor into this upset. I mean, Kyler Ed- Edwards has been amazing this season, so uh, <laughs> we will see what what he can do if he could pull it out. But um, yeah, I'm definitely in kegs on me. I, I think Not- they're they're here.
2: My my other one that I was gonna pick was Western Kentucky over UAB. Um, so the we'll save that in the back pocket in case this one goes horribly wrong and we need to <laughs> say that I got one right. Uh, yeah, there you
1: go.
0: That would that would be that would be a good game. Who is it? The who's the coach at UAB now? He was a, he was a sportscaster. He was at Ole Miss. What's his name? A- AK, Andy yeah, Candy. Andy Candidate. Yeah, yeah, Andy, Andy Candy. Yeah,
2: Andy Candy was an awesome dude. Whenever he was on the call for games,
0: yeah, I loved when he was on because he actually he actually you know like knew what he was saying. I like some yeah. of these guys that are on the call. So okay, um, my turn. Trivia time. This point guard played for the Chicago Bulls from eighty nine to ninety five. Won three championships in 91, 92, 93. In 95, he is the first player chosen by the Raptors in the expansion draft but refused to report to the team, so they traded him to Golden State. Do you know who this player is, and can
1: you tell me what college he played for? Wow. Uh, I'm going to go back in the mental Rolodex here. For yeah, this you should know this time. one. You should know this, this is, one. One. Know this this is, one. is in, Yeah, this is in my timeline. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. Uh, you want to say like BJ Armstrong maybe? Ding, ding, ding. Wow. You got it. Now, do you know? All right, what school, there we
0: go. Do you know what school he went to? Uh, I think he was Oklahoma.
1: Nope. Oh, all right. Yeah. Now, uh, dang, Dal, you got this. You got the college for BJ Armstrong. Man, BJ, no, I know who that is, but like, <laughs>
2: I'm, this is this is out of my out of my time frame.
0: Coincidentally, as a Kentucky fan, we are well aware of the school as we just beat them in the Citrus Bowl. It is Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa. Iowa.
1: Very good. Okay.
0: And yeah. they are at home against, at the time of Sunday night, number four, Purdue. I'm really high on this game. So here's the thing. But Iowa doesn't turn the ball over very often. The third in the nation in turnover percentage, which is insane uh, yeah. to me. Meanwhile, Purdue is one of the worst teams in the nation in forcing turnovers. They are 335th in the nation in first forcing turnovers with 15.1%. Purdue's defense is non existent almost. Um, both offenses are good, obviously. We've seen that. Purdue's offense is exceptionally good. I believe that Keegan Murray rivals EJ Liddell for the best, best player in the Big Ten. And he's not quite the best, but he's like right there, like just nipping on his heels. Wisconsin and, fans are
2: going to come after us after picking against them
0: and then not <laughs> mentioning Johnny Davis in that. Oh, Wisconsin fans can suck it because they know how I feel about Wisconsin. That's they're true. overrated. Um, both teams are screwed if the refs decide to make it a ref show because their two yep, foul participation is i was 7.1 percent they're 300th the nation and Purdue is even worse with 2.6 percent and 337 yeah i knew i knew you were gonna love that um all <laughs> things considered i think i mean we're just gonna see like a shootout unless both teams come out cold but like again you gotta love a uh, conference team at home in the big 10 i think i think uh keegan murray can get it done i i don't Purdue we've seen is definitely beatable, um, especially when their game against Illinois. If Kofi Coburn didn't get that stupid foul, that's Illinois' game all day long. So um, what do you guys think you binding on this? I'll cheers
1: with a pint, Connor. I think that I'm not in love with Iowa. I might even have like some sort of Iowa bias like ingrained into my you know DNA basketball DNA somewhere. I just can't get behind a team that just automatically passes on defense. Just like, yeah, I'm not going to defend this. I'm not going to defend this. <laughs> and you see when you have another team that actually like gets into their grill like Rutgers, like that's what's going to happen. So, I think both of these teams coming off of, you know, upset-ish type losses yeah. with Purdue uh, losing to Indiana and then Iowa losing to Rutgers, although the rack is like an impossible place for anybody to play these days. Um, I think that's worth paying attention to, too. So I think both teams are going to come in with a bit of desperation. I would still go talent here, and I know you love Keegan Murray, but like <laughs> Jaden Ivey's an, an NBA starter, and you know yeah. Z- Edie Ed is yeah, his he's so efficient inside. And, and if Travion you know doesn't have a two point game like he did against Indiana, <laughs> then we're good. Yeah. So I, I'm a, I, I I can see it, but I'm just going to go a pint and cheers you there. No, that's that's totally fair.
2: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna secure the win for you on this, Connor, and I'm gonna be out um, because anytime I'm out on yours or Matt's uh, choices, I feel like they hit.
0: Uh, this I appreciate is, it. Thank you for the sacrifice. You, you're welcome. You're
2: welcome. I'll fall on the sword. Um, no, I think that this game, honestly, you mentioned Kentucky football, but it kind of is the same kind of vibe for me as that bowl game where it's like Kentucky and Iowa are the same team that play the same way just one of them is more talented and yeah that's this game like like you said Gus I mean both of these teams are more offensively minded than defensive minded to yeah. put it nicely and right. when you look at it up like yeah Keegan Murray is a is a stud but just eating an Ivy together with uh, Stefanovic like sh- shooting threes I mean he's he's got to be well over 40% and
1: he's legitimately one of the best shooters in the nation.
2: Yeah. He he fills it up. And uh, so it's just, it seems like that in a game where one team is just a better version of the other, it's hard to pick against that like lower version despite being at home. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be out. You're going to, this is going to, they're going to win by 10 and I'm going to look dumb uh, and you're (laughs) welcome for picking this. uh, But
0: we um, typically do don't it. recap our Shark Take upsets, but I do have to mention, I think last week was the first week on episode 10 of all things, is that we've it's hit aired. all three. Of our Shark Tank upsets, which is impressive, and there's yeah, a couple did. other of the you know like throwdown games that we mentioned that I think we all, if there was an upset or if there was a game that we picked, it was you know like I think most of those hit too. So that that was pretty fun to to keep up with that all week and and see them finally hit on some of those. But definitely the Shark Tank upsets that was fun because yeah, we you know I pitched a wild one. I mean I I saw Maryland got blown out earlier in the week. I was like crap, they're gonna lose. <laughs> like they're yeah, gonna they're gonna lose. Okay.
2: I- But I think it was, again, me picking against Marilyn that solidified (laughs) the the upside.
0: (laughs) All All right, let's move on. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. One of the greatest presidents in our history, Ben Franklin, once said, Beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. None of what I just said is actually true, but who cares because beer. This is the part of the episode where each of us reviews a beer that we've either never had before or we just highly recommend. Let's drink. All right, beer review time. Gus, go ahead. What you drinking tonight, man?
1: Uh, well, I, I just went local brewery. I went Magnify. Uh, which is here in New Jersey, and I went with their flagship IPA. I know before uh, recording, you said you weren't an IPA guy, but I, I definitely am. That's my flavor of choice, kind of sort of speak. Uh, Vine Shine is the name of their uh, name of their IPA, and you know, six ish alcohol content, really smooth, has some fruity notes in it, a little citrusy, and uh, pour it into the glass, it looks beautiful. So I, that, that's that's what I got going on tonight. And uh, trying to support the local brewery uh, down the hill from the from our house.
0: Awesome. Um, what's the IBU on it or ABVs? Do you have that? I don't have
1: that information in front of me. No, I good. apologize for the segment. What's the, what does it taste like? At least, <sighs> you know what I'm going to say. If you've had like, a, uh, I'm going to compare it to Fiddlehead. If you've had that, that's an IPA that it definitely compares to. And then if you're just going to go with, um, you know what might be not necessarily generic, but what you might see more often, Mm -hmm. maybe like a sculpin IPA uh, from the West coast. Right. So it definitely has that not West coast IPA flavor, but it has those, those flavor tones in it for sure. I got
0: you. Cool. And uh, if you had to compare it to a college basketball team or anything basketball related, you know, what you thinking it is. I
1: I think with the color scheme, it has, I think we have to go Vermont Uh, color scheme is, is green on it. And uh, Vermont is always good. Always a threat, always reliable, just like Vine Shine for Magnify.
0: All right. I dig it. I dig it. Okay, Dal, what you drinking, man?
2: All right. So I definitely thought that I had um, a a beer that was new in the fridge that I hadn't done before. Turns out I was wrong. So I'm just drinking random beers that I have reviewed before. Uh, one of them was the, the Sycamore Winter Ale that I did for our Christmas episode. The other one, a Carrick and Pills. Um, but... I do have a beer recommendation on a beer that I have drank many times, uh, and it's the OMB Copper. So OMB is Old Mecklenburg Brewery. Um, Mecklenburg County is the county that Charlotte is in, at least for the most part. Uh, And Copper is their kind of like all beer. They're a German brewery mostly. So it's just like kind of their normal brown ale. Um, Definitely my favorite beer that they have there. Uh, It's like about 5%, I think. IBUs, I would be shocked if it was over thirty. Um, but if you are ever in the Charlotte or North Carolina area, it is it is definitely a a great beer to to have. Um, I wish that I had some here, but I do not. So,
0: fair enough. Cheers. Okay, so I gotta I gotta do a disclaimer. I was at the liquor store the other day, and I was like, I've been seeing this one for a while. I was like, you know, it's NFL playoffs. I'm gonna go ahead and do this, and I think I put a curse on this team. Sorry, Buffalo Bills fans. I got the Pills Mafia from Thin Man Brewery in Buffalo, New York. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get this. They're going to win tonight. They're going to go go beat the Chiefs, and it's going to be great. And then they just lost in overtime after a wild game. So sorry to hear that for my Buffalo Bills fans out there that listen. But, yeah, Pills Mafia. It's a Pilsner, 4.9% ABV. The what's cool is that the owners of the of Thin Man Brewing decided that a, pro, a portion of the proceeds would benefit super fan Poncho Billa's foundations, including Fans Against Child Abuse, Fans Against NF, uh, Violence, NFL and MLB Go Gold for Kids Cancer, and then his personal cancer relief fund. So the, the Bills Mafia is very uh, charitable, and it's awesome to see. And I love that. That's one of the coolest things about that uh, fan base. Sorry that you guys had to lose the cheese because I can't really stand the cheese right now, but, um, the beer is okay. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> I like the beer. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's a Pilsner, so I'm not that like, I don't hate Pilsners. They're just kind of planned to me. Um, but it's, it's a German Pilsner and you know, like I can enjoy this one. Um, the, the description on the website is pretty funny. It says this crisp, crisp, clean German Pilsner is for all the upcoming fall pre-gaming sessions outside of new era field on the couch, screaming at the TV with your face painted red and blue spilling on your Jersey as your ass hits the folding table. And of course, enjoying your, with your family and uh, friends of families while supporting your hometown, all the wonderful things that we love about our hometown team and a can. So, I wish I could pour it out, but I'm in my office. I'm not going to pour it out. I was going to pour this one out for our <laughs> Bulls fans. Um, if I had to, if I had to compare it to a basketball team, I mean, the obvious choice I think here is the Buffalo Bulls. Um, it's it's a good, not great beer, and I think that's how we can compare the uh, Buffalo Bulls program all overall, uh, especially in the MAC. And it's uh, you know just just kind of whatever. Um, you know, like I, you know, you guys know how I feel about Nate Oats. Thought he was a good coach. Turns out he's just kind of mid. If we're being honest, but wait, wait,
2: wait! wait. You're you're like you're now fully out on Nate Oats after being in
0: love with him for. I liked how how wow, fun Nate, his offense Nate was. Nate Oates slander. Oh no! Yeah, especially <laughs> from Connor. This is surprising. No, I liked just same with uh, with uh, what's his name Mus. I think I liked how fun there his offense was and it hasn't really translated outside of a fluky covid year for alabama you know what i mean so like i mean i guess they had, he had a fun first year but it wasn't anything great and then last year it was like oh man this is the best team in college basketball turns out they just had really good shooters and you know and, the the blue bloods weren't in it so yeah.
1: uh, and for the most and point. herb jones is a really good basketball player yeah yeah, yeah. exactly He's, He's i really i really think john petty Huggins.
0: Yeah, he is. And I, I really think John Petty was like the guy for them. That was like, even though he wasn't like you look at his stats and stuff from last year, it wasn't like outstanding, but it's that human. I he was a senior and he was we just a leader. Petty. I love John Petty. I think I think it's funny how every time he played Kentucky, he just absolutely balled out uh, because he's yes, like he Calipari didn't recruit me, you know, well, he <laughs> like did. we just yeah, you know, just backed off, backed off of him. So. Cool. Yeah. All oh, right, let's
2: I also go forgot ahead. to compare my uh my beer. So I'm going to compare OMB Copper to I think I already used Davidson at one point earlier in the podcast because I think you did too. The, but it's okay. The um Charlotte Connection. So I was going to go Bob uh McKillop, their their coach cuz he's super consistent, but I realized that Rick Beard, the coach at Belmont has been there for longer than than uh, McKillop, so I'm going to go I'm going to go Rick Beard. Uh Rick Bird. How do you say it? Rick
1: beard Bird? Rick 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 Byrd, but Rick, Rick Bird, Bird yeah. retired a couple of years ago, and then Casey Alexander is now running the program oh, over yeah, this, at Belmont. This
2: article that I'm looking at is definitely from 2017. Well,
1: uh <laughs> we're gonna go with it anyway. <laughs> and, and Bird, much like McKillop, was one of is one of the best offensive minds in our yes. sport. And Casey Alexander runs a very similar offense and and belmont is kind of a joy to watch on offense a little suspect defensively and you know grayson murphy is like a threat for a triple double anytime he takes the floor we we love to see it all right
0: i mean if you're a mid-major you're probably suspect on defense anyways and it's (laughs) offense that's gonna be fun so exactly we'll just go we'll go
2: belmont then since i got an article from 2017 somehow
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh cheers fellas let's move on uh, cheers Rocky versus Apollo, Daniel LaRusso versus Johnny Lawrence, Ali versus Frazier. What do they all have in common? They were absolute throwdowns. This is the part of the show where we discuss some throwdown games in college basketball this week. All right, so throwdown games, Monday night, the 24th. So this is Sunday night. So tomorrow night at 9 p.m., we have Texas Tech taking on Kansas and Fog Allen. How are you guys feeling about this game?
1: I'll take it first, if that's okay, Dal. Um, okay. I-, I love Kansas this year. I-, I think they definitely have the pieces to win a national championship. And one of those pieces is one of the best players in the country. You know, Abaji, which I'm sure you guys have discussed on the podcast a number of different times. And I, I think there's some sort of odd karmic wonder that's happening with Kansas this year, because they brought in uh, Remy Martin, who is one of, you know, one of these like jitterbug point guards from Arizona state, where he got kind of got to do everything. But now coach self is at, you know, forcing him to play some defense and run real offense. And so, He's not having the opportunities I think he anticipated, but he does have an opportunity to win and go to the final four. So he's definitely sacrificed that. And I think he's kind of balanced out by the Drake transfer, Joseph Yesifu. And I think both of those guys are, are going to come off the bench and do great things for them. And Braun's balling out as well. So, I, I look, Texas Tech, uh, Steven last week was fantastic, and he really broke down why this team has been successful even with losing their coach and so many players to the transfer portal. But I think that they may be a little bit outclassed here. If you're going to look at anything here, maybe look at the under. That's fair. We, we
2: like that. Um, I'm going full Texas Tech one. Obviously, we have Panader Texas Tech fans, and this is a fully Red Raider podcast. Well, I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep doing it, Connor. It's
0: oh, me too, buddy. The, me the, too. the fandom is
2: here. I also am very much upset with Kansas because David McCormick has passed Oscar Shibway in offensive rebounding percentage
0: boo. Uh, Which
2: is exactly boo. We can't <laughs> let that happen. So going to need Texas tech to pick up the, the defensive rebounding. Um, but no, I mean, I think that like Kansas had to come back and beat Kansas state kind of at the last, at the last second, they pulled one like a three point win out against Oklahoma. Um, they just kind of played those two last two games, like almost too close to the vest. Uh, This Texas tech team is, is coming in pretty hot. So, and um, also isn't yes. didn't play against uh, Kansas state. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure if he's still going to be out. Um, Right. But uh, like you said, I mean, that's, that's going in uh, like without your, your full team is, is not ideal. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Texas tech.
0: Yeah, I have Texas Tech on this one as well. I think the last two games Kansas have has shown they kind of slipped a little bit and uh you know like just that, like they had to come from behind like you said against Kansas State. The, <clears throat> excuse me. They just didn't look great against Oklahoma and just a kind of a slogger, you know, just gross game against Oklahoma. So, Texas Tech I think is even though they had the uh upset against TCU last week, they got or lost to TCU, I believe um all they consider they've been one of the better teams in the big 12 by far and uh like you said we have to pander to our texas tech fans so go red raiders i, think I like them here podcast yeah this is, a, this is a texas tech podcast exactly you're right so okay tuesday uh we have a couple games on this tuesday night that is definitely games that you need to watch michigan state versus at illinois 7 p.m how do we feel about this
1: I'll, do, I'll, I'll, bat lead off here. Uh, if you don't mind, Al. And I think that, um, I, I'm waiting for Illinois to put those pieces together. Uh, you're, you're waiting to see the Curbelo that you kind of saw in that overtime game against Purdue, but for, you know, an entire game, uh, where it's not so streaky and you want to see him interact with Coburn a little bit, which didn't happen all the time because he's an unbelievably dynamic ball handler and shot creator. So you want to see if they get it together, but I don't think this is the game they get it together. I think if Michigan State um, – if Coburn goes off, it's going to be over because I don't know if Michigan State has anybody to contain him or even, like, you know, keep him honest. So, But I think Izzo is going to do just enough here, so I'm, I'm leaning towards Michigan State here, and it's going to take maybe a game or two more for that Cabello-Coburn uh, uh, team up to really gel and find some fluidity.
2: Yeah, my my thought was that Michigan State just doesn't have the big men to contain Kofi. Right. The the rebounding, it's going to be tough for Michigan State to get any second chance opportunities. Uh, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go Illinois.
1: Are we confirmed that Kofi is playing? That's a good point too. He's in concussion protocol, and I cool. think that we saw what concussion yeah. protocol meant with Corbello. I yeah. mean, that was like two months. So who knows when he's going to be ready? We don't know.
0: Yeah, that that's the biggest question I have. If yeah. If Coburn is playing, give me Illinois by like five, six. I think if without Coburn, I think Michigan State will just have too much for Illinois guards to handle. Agreed. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it all comes down to Coburn playing. So, uh, assuming he's not playing, I'm going to go Michigan State. Assuming he's playing, I'm going to go Illinois. Okay. And then later that night, 11 p.m., that's a later game for sure, over on the West Coast, we have Arizona at UCLA. How are we feeling about this? I, for one, I think UCLA is going to surprise some people. I'm just not super high on this Arizona team. What do you guys think?
1: I'm going to go completely the other direction. I'm super high on this Arizona team. <laughs> I, I love what they're doing. I love how they're doing it, and I love who they're doing it with. Uh, the matchup itself is going to be awesome. It's definitely worth staying up late for if you're an East Coast listener. Uh, if you're on the West Coast, you just get a treat here. you got two America candidates, Juzang and Mathren. Uh, You have one of the most efficient offenses in the nation versus Cronin, awesome. Like, what, what you want to see him figure that out? That's for sure. Bill <laughs> Bill Walton might be involved. I, I don't know. You have a, 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 a top Walton. ten matchup, like on the West Coast exclusively. That's totally rare. And you have two of the best uh, underrated point guards in the nation. I mean, yeah. Kirk Kirk Krista is is a baller. He will back down to nobody. And Tiger Campbell has things figured out. He's shooting it better yeah. from deep, and he takes great care of the ball. Unbelievable ball security and. It would be no other way with Coach Cronin. So I'm looking forward to this matchup, and I think maybe the, the X factor could be uh, who plays better, Dalen Terry on the wing or Juzang on the wing. Maybe whoever wins that particular matchup comes out on top, but I love this Arizona team, and I love them in this game as well.
2: Yeah, I think Matherin is one of those guys that if you aren't watching late-night games, you might have, like, missed. But, like, that dude has the chance to go top 10 in the draft. Like, all the buzz that- – that Johnny no is getting like Mathurin has should be getting like almost as much, if not the same amount of buzz, but he just doesn't. Cause I feel like that it's a West coast. Yeah. West coast kind it's of, a, I mean, it's a blind I, spot. Yeah, it is, it is. So I, I think I'm kind of with Gus here on this one, Connor, I'm going, I'm going to Arizona. Plus, also fair. Mick Cronin is gross, and we don't like him. So yeah, I
0: don't like I don't like Mick Cronin that much either. Um, Tiger Campbell I think,
2: does have sweet hair, though. So I, lo- I
0: really do like Tiger Campbell a lot. I think. Yes. I think to begin this season, he was just a uh, he was just not fully himself. Not the definitely not the player we saw last year in the, in right. the tournament, and so I think, like you said, he's figuring these things out. I'm really excited to see Hami Haquez in this matchup. I think. If he's going to have an explosive game, if he's going to have a game that's really like, "Hey, we're back." The UCLA is back, and not, you know, like COVID. COVID, you could screw it. You know, like this, we're back. You know, kind of thing. And I think it's going to come from Hami Hamiakas. So uh, I, I don't think, like, I think they can win. It's going to be tough, but I, are they going to have fans? Do we know that? Because that was that was really tough to watch when they lost against Oregon with no fans. That was gross. I didn't like. Correct. That. I, I,
1: I again. I. Every state right. and every program has their different uh, COVID protocols, so yeah, I, I so think weird. it's very yeah, it's 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 a, a protocol dependent.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, hopefully there's fans because if there is, that's a huge advantage for UCLA. So um, yeah, all right, Wednesday, six thirty p.m. Providence at Xavier. What are we thinking on this one?
1: Uh, I'll stick to the spot I've been in, Dal. If that's okay, and I, I really like Providence here. Uh, Coach Cooley always gives his guards ownership and uh, creativity, uh, openness on the offensive end, and this year is no different. Uh, and Nate Watson is kind of like an old school beast. He he's a load. He can shoot it. He's efficient. Is he gonna blow you away with his athleticism? No. Is he you know is he gonna you know switch on to smaller defender uh, offensive players on defense? No. But is he gonna get you twenty in the block? Yeah, he sure is. Now, the interesting part about this matchup is that Xavier actually has some bigs that can, like, match up with him with Fremantle Mm -hmm. and Nungy. So you want to see who gets the matchup, who wins that matchup of big men. And I think that might help define this. But I I like Providence here. I I like Watson, and I love what Coach Cooley's doing. I think they have a little chip on their shoulder, as always.
2: Yeah, I, I so I'm kind of actually going to go a little bit the other way. I think Xavier bounces back. They got uh, beat by Marquette on the on the road this week, um, like this past week, actually today, as we record mm-hmm. um, on Sunday. But I like the the experience that Xavier has in the backcourt with Paul Scruggs, um, and like you said, they do have the the big men to kind of match up there. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go Xavier at home.
0: I'm going to go Providence because. I just I'm not super high on the Xavier team, um, not because they lost today against Marquette. We know that Shaka Smart at Marquette is just like a different animal. Uh, <laughs> so um, I, I I just like the uh, what they bring. I think Bynum is a is a great player. I Love that he's like a five ten. That's just like player that's just absolutely killing it. Yeah. Major uh, contributor for Providence and Xavier. I like Scruggs, but I I just don't know if I'm I'm totally in on him. And, uh, Fremantle and Nunji, I think they're going to be great, but Watson is, is pretty good too. So it's, it's going to be a tough matchup. I think it's going to go into overtime being honest and, uh, Guess could well. be, could be, a, could be a really fun game to watch and, uh, something to highlight in the Big East that we really haven't seen in a while. So, uh, but yeah, this Xavier team, if you think about it, Big East teams are all have kind of the same energy this year. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I was in a group chat the other day, we're talking about it and just like, they're like I, I. feel like Georgetown and Nova play like every week, and it's like no, it's just the Big East. i have like the same energy this year. <laughs> they're <So> all <laughs> they're all the same team. Yeah, they're basically the same team. So, okay, eight o'clock later that night, Iowa State at Oklahoma State. Even though this is not like a top twenty-five matchup for both teams, I just, mm. like we talked about Iowa State before, I'm uh, not super high on them. I think Oklahoma State played uh, played really well against Texas this week. And I think they 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 could pull off an upset at home, for sure. We've seen them pull off an upset against um, ranked teams this year. So I think one they could pull Baylor, it out against which, Iowa like, one State. Of
2: the most, say, at Baylor is one of the most
1: impressive wins of the season.
0: For sure, yeah. Hmm.
1: Uh, I, I If I was just going to quickly lean here, I think that Iowa State gets things straightened out here. And enough, yeah. I, I I think that they go ahead and kind of – uh, you know, undo the Rubik's Cube that they kind of twisted up the past couple of games, and they look more like themselves when they were one of the lone undefeated teams earlier this season.
0: That's fair. Yeah, it's tough to – it's tough to, like, for any team, any Power 5 team to lose, like, what, it would be three straight. Uh, right. So, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see them winning. I could just see Oklahoma State wanting it more at home, that crowd getting behind them. So, yeah, my
2: my big thing here is with it being at home, I'm not sure exactly where the Big 12 falls on the kind of home versus away foul discrepancy, but I know that at least in the SEC and the ACC, which is the two leagues that I watch the most with those being the, the leagues with my two teams. And then the discrepancy between home and away referees are, is massive. And Iowa state has a, has a pretty short bench. They like to go with like a smaller rotation, Whereas Oklahoma State has the the depth to kind of get into that bench a little bit more, okay. so I could see the refs playing a big factor here. If an Iowa State player or two get in foul trouble, uh, that could really swing it Oklahoma State's way. So I'm actually going to go. I'm going to go pokes here uh, to, to upset Iowa State. Although I do, I would not be shocked at all if they do kind of straighten it out and get back on track, assuming they stay out of foul trouble.
0: Okay, so Saturday. I mean, I looked at. What well, we were on Wednesday, so Thursday and Friday, also, I feel, the yeah, slate isn't really great.
2: Let's let's on, on Wednesday, there's I feel like there's a bunch of games that are kind of like they wouldn't be marquee, except for this is kind of a down week in college basketball. And wanted yeah. to highlight, especially, um, a conference that we don't talk a ton about, but San Diego State and Utah State play at 1030 on FS1, and that'll be that should be a really good game. San Diego State they scored like 30 points or something uh, earlier. In the week,
1: uh, yeah, uh, they, against Boise, right, right. Yeah,
2: they, they, they lost forty-two to thirty-seven to Boise, which isn't exactly That's a gross. great selling selling pitch. Uh, when mm-hmm. I'm talking about this, but I do think that that uh, that Utah State game on Wednesday at eleven thirty uh, should be should be a really solid game. I, it looks like that it's a literally a pick'em on Ken Palm, um, so that should be that should be a game if you're looking for a late night game to to check out.
0: Yeah, I, I can't give you a team that, like, I just don't watch enough of these guys. I, I just don't have the time to watch enough of these guys. I have yeah. watched Utah State against, I think it was State St. Bonaventure or, you know, so one of those teams in the early, like, November, you know, tournaments. And I think they, they won that game, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I can't remember who exactly they played. So just because I've I've watched them more in San Diego State, I think, like you said, with that 37-point yeah, <laughs> game or whatever. Yeah, that's not pretty. Whatever, yeah. Not, not, not great, Bob. So I'm going to go uh, Utah state on that one. <laughs> Thursday and Friday. Or oh, go ahead. guess. Oh ahead. no, no. I was
1: just going to say really quickly, I'll go San Diego state there. Matt Bradley's balling out and you know, you're going to have to earn every point. So I, I'll go San Diego San Diego state and uh, the Aztecs.
2: I don't know if they'll have students back, uh, or like fans in the stands, but I know students are back on campus. My little sister goes to school there. Uh, which is one of the reasons why I'm moving out there, uh, at the beginning of this year at some point. Um, But they should have fans and students back. Uh, So I'm not sure if they will be in attendance, but that could be, that could be a factor there as well.
0: Fair enough. Okay. So Thursday and Friday, I looked at the slate. There's just not many good games this week. Nothing that I think will be, Hey, you need to sit down and watch this. So enjoy your Thursday and Friday night. uh, Thursday, Friday night. Purdue
2: Iowa game is on Thursday, right?
0: Yeah, it is. I just still think. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be high explosive offense. But we kind of like we already talked about it. So sure, yeah, go ahead and, and watch that on Thursday night if you're not doing anything. But Same Friday me- night, don't plan to watch college basketball because you're gonna be a little bit let down. Yeah. I think. Also, St-, St. Mary's, San Francisco, also is on uh,
2: Thursday. Mountain West. Or no, no, it's the. Are they the West Coast Conference? No.
1: Yeah, that, uh, yeah that's yeah, Gonzaga's Coast. Conference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah West WCCC, Conference. Yeah,
2: is like could legitimately be a four bid conference this year. Yep. when they're usually just a like auto one. bid uh, yeah. thing so one yeah. to two so like if you if you really like do want to like get a team that you yeah that you don't get to watch often on a night where there's not a ton Saint Mary's San Francisco
1: should be a really good game yeah San Francisco runs great offense with coach Golden and they have one of the best guards out on the west coast in Bouye he does great things so I, I love watching San Francisco play just on the offensive end
0: yeah, I was I was keeping track of that San Francisco Gonzaga game the other night. Looked good for the most part, and then Gonzaga just kind of took over. Obviously, nice. yep. uh, just San Francisco couldn't keep up. You know, that's what's going to happen when you're when you don't have five stars like Chet Holmgren on your team. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, Saturday we have the SEC Big Twelve Challenge or you know whatever. That's going to be fun. I think. <laughs> oh yeah. I really highlighted three games because outside of that, I think that's just the matchups are poorly picked. Uh, so Baylor at Alabama—I know Alabama's not ranked right now, but they're still Alabama. I think they could still light it up if they wanted to. And Baylor's offense is kind of sus at times. We've seen that time and time again. So, what do you guys think on this game?
1: I think this game is very uh, James Kinjo dependent. If he's in, then their offense runs a little steadier. And I'm not saying that Flagler and Cryer don't get the job done. They do. They're excellent college guards. They'll probably get a a cup of coffee in uh, the NBA as well. I think the thing to pay attention to here for Baylor is what kind of Brown performance are we going to have? They're a really talented freshman. Is he going to have one of these games where it's two points, one for five from the field? Or is he going to have like a highlight reel dunk and go for a double-double? he might be the deciding factor in that particular matchup. And I think if, I don't know if Alabama has somebody that's that long and athletic to match up with him and maybe they exploit that matchup.
2: Yeah, I I think that's a, that's kind of a good point. Um, It's also like, I mean, it's always good to kind of say like if the best player in the, in the game can really take over, especially one that kind of has a wide range of usage um, that if, he can kind of exert his will, uh that they can that they can pull it out. This game's what? This game is at Alabama though, right? Correct. Correct. I uh I feel like I've kind of picked against Alabama a couple times. I'll pick I'll go for Alabama. Um the the guard play is something that they have kind of needed to to get right. Let's hope that they can get it right in the like on one of the biggest stages against one of the best teams. So We'll go Bama, roll
0: tide. I'm hot. gonna go Bama too. I think I think this is where this is the game that they need to be like, okay, we are a tournament team again, uh, and this is going to like I think uh, JD Davidson and I think um, Javon Quinterly are just gonna just gonna light it up this this week. So it's gonna be fun to watch. I think even if they don't win, they should re- like. I think it'll be a close game, and uh, yeah, I've gotta yeah. go. Gotta go with the SEC here uh kentucky at kansas 6 p.m i'm gonna go ahead and just tell you right now that um i said it on the bbn podcast recap the host game recap uh i said it last week in last week's episode kentucky was at texas a&m auburn uh mississippi state at home and then at kansas i said they were going to go three and one so i'm going to have to give kentucky the dub here uh just because i think they're going to they need they need to win a, a tough road game um injuries are, you know, screw the injuries. There's no more excuses for that. They're going to get this, they're going to, they're going to fight through it. They're going to get the stub.
1: Ooh, I love the passion behind that <laughs> rationale. Very nicely done, Connor. I, I think if I was going to lean one way here I and much like you guys, I adore Oscar Shibwe from afar. I think what he's doing this year is absolutely phenomenal. It's first team all America stuff. It's, it, you know, it's player of the year type stuff, quite frankly. I don't know if that he'll get to that that plateau, but I think that he's definitely one of those players in the conversation. And, by the way, if they win that this game, then he's firmly in that conversation.
0: Oh, yeah, by far. So, I think, I think
1: yeah, I think for that particular status, uh, if we go individual, that, that would be huge for Shibwe. But I, I think, you know, you just look on the other side, same thing for Oshai Abachi. He comes out and drops thirty, then boom, he's in that conversation as well. So it's interesting that this game not only is a game of massive programs, great teams, two teams that definitely can get to a Final Four this year and possibly win it all, but also again of two of the best players in the country that play different positions. I, I, I'm going to lean. Hmm, I'm going to. I'm going to lean Kansas here. I still like Kansas a little bit more, and I think you're right. I think tie tie is a big factor. He just started figuring things out right before you know he 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 went down with an injury like like really figuring things out like where to like how to distribute when to take the right shot like things were making sense to him and slowing down so if he's not in uh, I, I'd have to go Kansas
2: yeah I mean I think I think the the home court advantage will be will be huge having this be at Fog Allen <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah so. I mean, I, I'm not picking against Kentucky because I just can't. Uh, actually, honestly, I might like should reverse jinx it and pick Kansas here just to. to I should have pitched
0: that. it for Shark Tank, and then you could have just did your Shark Tank gears for exactly, me, and then exactly we would have won, guaranteed
2: to win. Now, I'm, I, I, as much as the kind of backcourt battle is going to be exciting, watching uh, Baji go against hopefully go against Tachai uh who hopefully, hopefully will be back by Saturday it seems like that he'd be he's day to day now he's like i day-to-day. think they're going to rest him yeah.
0: they're going to rest him on Tuesday night i i can almost all but guarantee that they're going to rest him on Tuesday night mm-hmm. and uh for Mississippi State and let they're just going to feed the post at home they'll get the f- friendly whistle yeah yeah hopefully so um
2: yeah i mean it, if he's back i really am excited about the Oscar sheaway David McCormick matchup to the two best offensive rebounders in the country, if like you said with Oscar, if he can if he can dominate that matchup and kind of come out with one of his twenty and twenty games, which right. he kind of I roasted him a little bit for his pick and roll defense in the the like the, our recap podcast, but I mean that's not one hundred percent his fault. But like it, he still had almost fifteen and fifteen. If he can come out with like a dominant twenty and twenty performance, I do think that that really helps his case for what, when you look at the underlying metrics, should be a pretty clear case for one of the people in the player of the year conversation. But I don't really think that he has gotten there yet, mainly because mm-hmm. Kentucky doesn't have a, a huge win and he hasn't had a huge statement game against a big team. He could obviously kind of kill two birds with one stone with that. Two birds, huh, two Jayhawks with one stone. <laughs> <because of birds. laughs> That's funny. Um, nah, so, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm going to go Kentucky close, uh, Kellen Grady goes off or someone just goes off and hits a bunch of threes.
0: Um, we'll go cats. Yeah.
1: So you're saying stone chalk Jayhawk, right? Not rock. Chalk. <laughs> exactly. I got you. I got you. Yeah, there we go.
0: Okay. And then uh, after that game, 8 PM, we have Tennessee at Texas. I think this is going to be a really fun game. I think they're, they're both, they were really projected high and have kind of haven't super lived up to their expectations this season for both programs Uh, And I think, I think that just one of these teams has to come out on top that one of them has something to prove. Mm -hmm. Who is it? Who's going to, who's going to come
1: out on top this weekend? I I think gentlemen that I I have a blind spot or some sort of bias against coach Barnes as well, much like my, my Iowa bias, but I'm going to go with Tennessee here. I think they're going to be more disciplined and play more together on defense And I think that the roles still haven't been defined firmly for Texas yet. Mm -hmm. The talent's there. Obviously, the head coach is there that's really successful. You guys referenced it earlier in the podcast that this job is a really tough job, whether it be for Shaka or anybody else, including Coach Barnes back in the day. So I think that Coach Barnes and the Vols kind of get it done here. Maybe Fulky kind of plays similar or maybe even outplays Trey Mitchell and they have enough they have enough talent on the perimeter. And maybe we get a breakout game from uh, Triple J here where he hits a couple threes and maybe throws down a dunk. So I'll I'll lean I'll lean Viles here.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean I, I think that this is a, a Rick Barnes revenge game, uh, which is always funny to see him go against his, his former his former team. Tennessee just their their defense while like just their overall team is kind of questionable, sometimes their defense is just is one of the things though that travels. We've talked about that before, Connor. You always mm-hmm. say that. I feel like is the defense travels, and I think that that keeps it is able to keep it close enough. Um, and like you said, kind of trust their their guards um, a little bit more. So I'll go I'll go Tennessee to edge this one out. It just means more, also. So yeah. just uh, means
0: more, baby. Just that's, means more. So, no, I, I got to go with Tennessee <laughs> here. I think I think you look at you look at the two both sides of the ball. Tennessee is one of the top defensive teams in the nation, despite giving up 107 points to Kentucky. But we won't bring that up anymore. Um, offensively, you got to love what their backcourt does. I mean, Kennedy Chandler uh, and what, Stefano uh, Vescovi are just really we fun love to watch Viscovi
2: on this podcast.
0: Yeah, we, we mentioned him a lot, but they're they're really fun to watch. I gotta give my I gotta tip my hat to them as far as that's concerned. So uh, we need to see Folky do something, and I think that's why. Wait, he's he blown a team. I didn't. He didn't play against Kentucky, right? <laughs> yeah, you and I had logged the same stat line that he did, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, um, but I think I think. This is where the rubber meets the road. We talked with Steven Rodriguez at talking tech last week. And you know, like what's the best part of the Texas tech team for the last five years, it was their defense. And guess who was in charge of their defense? Mark Adams, not Chris Beard. So Chris Beard was a part of the offense, you know, like in, Texas's offense has been really like not great. I think we're going to see a lot of shots from Marcus Carr. I think he's going to he's going to get shut down by the just overall pressure of Tennessee's defense and I think Kennedy Chandler this is going to be the breakout game that this Kennedy Chandler is here on you know he's here and he's here to stay for this season. He's going to be a top guard after this game. So,
1: wait, Chandler, so. Chandler definitely needs that defining moment and yeah. what better place to do it than in a conference crossover matchup, yeah. Yeah. You you didn't bring up the best player in this game though.
0: Uh all-time great Devin Askew. I mean, he might outplay some of Texas's players or some of Tennessee's players, but um no, he's not good enough. We've seen we've seen what can he's, do he's been against all-time Tennessee. Great, Connor. Come on. We've no, seen I, what he he's done against Tennessee and it yeah, wasn't great. Right. <laughs> I,
2: I am interested to see Dylan Diesou match up against Fulkerson after like having played against him for the last couple of years, uh yeah. when Vissu was at Bandy. Um so that'll be a that'll be a fun matchup. Foglerson like
0: is so polarizing of a player. It's so like you never know what you re- like. You really don't know what you're getting out of him. You could get a 28 and 10 game, or you could get a zero and zero game, well, really, and you just no, you
1: have to you don't you don't know. It's just... I think I think that's referred to as a, a Tony Snell. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. I think that's what it's yeah. referred to yeah. as yeah. Yeah. basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the Tony, He's the white Tony Snell. So okay Sunday I only found one game that I saw was like oh this is gonna be really fun to watch even though it's gonna be you know like at 12 o'clock and overlapping some well I guess it won't overlap the NFL um so we might watch it but Ohio State's going to Purdue uh this is gonna be a fun game can't deny it you got two you got two of the I mean you have multiple NBA draft picks in this in this game so a lot of scouts will be watching and it's going to be, I mean, you have multiple national play of the year candidates in this game too. So could be very fun, but we have to pray that the refs don't make it a official show and just make it about the basketball,
1: you know, in general. True. No TV, Teddy. Um, I think the biggest thing to come down here is can EJ Liddell get his stuff? Cause he does a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like can he get his stuff accomplished against bigs like Travion and uh, Zach Eady? That that's going to be the telling factor of this game.
0: Yeah, basically, and and it sucks that uh, for Ohio State that it comes down to they have one major contributor contributor where Purdue is just like a wave of like you have so many different players that can beat you on that team. Uh, but really? I, I really think. Um, they can maybe fall off the upset. I'm just going to edge Purdue here since I have them losing to Iowa early. And I don't think Purdue's going to drop two games in a row again. So, great.
1: Yeah, I great. think if you're going to pay, pay attention to one thing on the perimeter, you know, we, we talked about uh, Ivy already. But if you look at uh, Malachi Branham, like he might be one of those players for Ohio State on the perimeter that could match with them athletically yeah. and, uh, uh, you know, uh, bucket getting wise. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I think the you talking about how they have
2: guys in waves is just kind of the the deciding factor here. It's E.J. Liddell, in my opinion, is the best player in the Big Ten, but it's just tough for him to really do it all by himself. Um, yep. And they also just like, Ohio State just doesn't have a ton of depth like bench-wise either to really be able to, kind of stay fresh too so it's not like that they don't have a bunch of stars to match up with the stars for purdue but they also don't have the depth to really like really run just like constantly and be switching people out so i'm gonna go purdue here also every time i want to pick against purdue i just flash back to the coast to coast that ivy had against illinois where he like picked up the ball and just like scooped underneath one guy and around, and it was just I was like, I. It's beautiful. College people can't do that, so yeah, uh, it was beautiful. I'd, just every time I want to can against him, I see that, and I'm
0: like, well, oh, shit, I can't do that. So, <laughs> but then you have Rutgers upsetting Purdue earlier this season. Hey, so. this is a Cliff Amore podcast. We love Cliff Amore. So. <laughs> oh, I wasn't
1: aware that you were Cliff Amore
2: fans. All so, right, so nice represent so, Kentucky, like nibbled on recruiting him whenever we were going through and trying to find a big uh, rightfully so I think he ended up wanting to commit early so they essentially didn't really end up getting involved but yeah from that I we at least like were interested enough where I wanted to go watch his kind of like highlights in high school and I was like oh shit this guy is fun so
1: Mm -hmm. the I'm a tangential Rutgers fan just because of Cliff (laughs) Amorey Uh, just to give you some some hometown uh, you know news there, like one of the reasons that uh, Miles Johnson is out at UCLA might be Cliff Amore right now. Really? He saw, yeah, he said, he saw the writing on the wall. Like he's like, yeah, this this guy's incredible. He's gonna play and start, and I'm not. So yeah. let me go here where they need a big wow. and be impactful on defense. Yeah, that might be the thing.
0: Yeah, huh. yeah. Didn't know that. That's interesting. That is- okay, let's move on here. Drink up. It's last call. As we are closing, each host has an opportunity to share any last minute thoughts, hot takes, found stupid tweets, and fandom talk. All right, Gus, time for the last call. Uh, tell us what's on your mind. What do you want to, what do you
1: want to close this out with here? Uh, I think that we have to take, pay attention to, to one of the bigger programs in the nation and one of your rivals. I think Chris Mack is in Archie Miller's like kind of ecosystem and landscape right now. I think that's how ugly it's getting. And that's where it's going to, the road that it's going to travel down. It, I mean, he came into an impossible situation after Coach Patino and it didn't, it, it started out great, started out competitive. And now we're slowly rolling downhill. And I think the lack of success, much like the lack of success at Indiana for Coach Miller led to his demise there, is going to happen with Chris Mack at Louisville. But I will say it's not the end of the world. If we take a look at the previously mentioned, like Andy Kennedy or Patino at Iona or Shaka at Marquette, like you guys have mentioned, Anthony Grant at Dayton, you know, the robbed COVID year, he's a one seed. We look at Bryce Drew, now at Grand Canyon. Kelvin Sampson at Houston, uh, Travis Ford at St. Louis, even Tommy Amaker at Harvard. All of those coaches coached at a big time program, took some time away, came back and found success at another program. And that's exactly what Coach Miller is going to do at some point. And that's exactly what Chris Mack is going to do after this Louisville gig.
2: Where, where, come, come. where do you think that they would fit in? Both You can do Archie Miller, Chris Mack, both, neither, whatever. But like, where do you think would be a nice landing spot for them to land
1: and kind of have that try and have that rebound? I think it will be similar to the some of the coaches that we just mentioned. I think it will be similar to Anthony Grant at Dayton. I think it will be similar to Andy Kennedy at UAB. And I think it will be similar to Kelvin Sampson at Houston. I think they're going to go to like a lesser program that has some history. Maybe not like the, you know, the esteemed Kentucky history. And guess what? They're going to kill it, and they're going to be really successful, and they're going to get to the tournament, and they're going to upset somebody in the tournament. It's that's the way funny. it works.
2: It's actually funny you say that Anthony Grant is doing that at Dayton because that's obviously where Archie Miller came from. So, like, it's, right? It's like a yeah. full full circle full kind circle of thing where... of mm-hmm. he, his his leaving opened it up for Anthony Grant to come in and kind of have that that rehab.
1: Exactly. So that that's where I'm at. I think it's just it, – it's going to happen. I think we see the writing on the wall. It's just a matter of time now.
0: My last call here. Um, you're good. Uh, my last call. So let's say – and I would never wish an injury on any player in college basketball ever. If I could turn injuries off, absolutely would. But let's say Jabari Smith goes down with an ankle injury nine minutes into a game. And then later on, Wendell Green goes – gets – hit with a hard screen and they're on the road against a top five team in the sec and they they they're struggling to score do you say that the other team outplayed them or do you think that it is just a matter of they literally lost their two major contributors to entries and they and they still managed to put up 71 points like this is what we're talking about here is that Kentucky didn't get outplayed by Auburn. If anything, they could have gotten outplayed by Auburn and lost by double digits even more so than the nine-point loss or eight-point loss that it ended up being, whatever it was. But the fact that they and the fact that it came down to really like five, six points and then some late fouls to extend the lead for Auburn is amazing considering that they have spent 15 minutes without two primary ball handlers and a game that they didn't have time to prep for. All these Auburn fans kept on bringing up, "Oh, well, remember when Chumo Kiki went out in 2018 or whatever it was?" Okay, but Chumo Kiki didn't initiate offense. He didn't bring the ball up the court and set up other players to score. He was the one that was scoring and I get that, but they had other people on their team to contribute to that. So, it it's it's be careful Auburn fans. I'm I'm happy for you to get this win. I promise you, like you deserve it. You're having an amazing season. Your one loss to Yukon was in a was in a tournament setting. It was fun. You have an awesome freshman, but please 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 don't let this win go to your head because you had 19 more foul uh, free throw attempts um than Kentucky had when they were ultimately committing to driving and trying to draw fouls in the second half when they lost both of their ball handlers at one point. So that's my last call.
2: Auburn should have played Shaden Sharp when Chumo Kiki went out. That <laughs> should have been the solution. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Um we, we we said we weren't gonna talk about him. <laughs> ah shit, you're right. <laughs>
2: actually, you, broke the seal. you broke the seal on that, so I think I'm in the clear. Oh, if we're doing oh, that, Kentucky
0: fans, shut up about this freaking shaded sharp. He's, it, played, he's been with the team for two and a half weeks. He's not been practicing uh, five on five. Shut I, up about him. <laughs> I
1: expect to hear his name at least twelve times on the next podcast. Oh my
0: gosh. I mean, he, are, if if the if the things if the trend continues, he might actually get playing time against Mississippi State <laughs> if we're being sure. honest. My last call, I'm
2: going to say, and this is for essentially any program out there other than, I guess, really like Gonzaga at this point that has been at the top of the sport for the last few years and like has been at the top of the top. But just if you are a program and you are a fan of a program, realize where you are in your like journey. So this is more coming from the Wake Forest side of things where this Wayforce team is more fun than any team that we've had definitely since the John Collins year, but even, I mean, this team is way more fun than the John Collins year. So it's, it's been literally since like the mid two thousands when we had Al Aminu, Jeff Teague, James Johnson, like this is the best team really since then. And this team will probably be, like, sh- this team should be a tournament team um, even like off of the bubble tournament team kind of, kind of deal. I think they're, either second or third and can palm in the, in the ACC rankings right now. But there, and I feel like that wake in general is a pretty reasonable fan base. Um, It's pretty small, which I think makes it better just because there isn't the huge number of people that can have a wider range of bad takes. Um, But there are people that are kind of unrealistic about where wake forest is right now as a program, even within the, thing just because we have kind of rattled off some wins. And so just, this is my point just in general is to essentially just enjoy where you are. If you are a program in three building and you have a couple wins, you can enjoy those wins without being like, all right, we're the best team ever. And then getting really mad yeah. if you drop a game that you probably shouldn't, or if your team doesn't get the respect that, that you think they deserve um, and just I guess the yeah the overall point is just enjoy where you are. If you're a team on the on the incline, enjoy it. If you're a team on the decline, still revel in the wins. Try not let the the losses help. If you're a team at the top, try not to let a game where two of your best players get hurt, like against a top five team, get you two down. I was way too upset, like in the second half of that. Aubrey oh, you game were without, like, so I furious, was so mad, and I was like, why, like. I understand that I shouldn't be this mad and I'm still doing it. So like part of this is directed at me because yeah, no, I definitely was a little too worked up in that game, but just, like, just enjoy it, I guess.
0: Okay. We'll move on. So this is the closing here. We, we want to highlight our beers and buckets giveaway. We're going to extend this because it just didn't get a lot. I'm going to do a new tweet. You got to retweet it with the hashtag bucket heads reply with three accounts that we can follow the winner will receive a beers and buckets shirt and then two other winners can receive a free sticker winners will be announced soon we'll we'll announce a date on that follow us on tiktok for exclusive content throwback games all that stuff is going to be on there and then wherever you listen like subscribe follow leave a rating review you know the you know the deal. I do want to shout out and do a little uh, humble brag, self brag here. I started writing for Sidelines Kentucky, so um, I actually just like created my account tonight because there was an issue with the email. But nice. I will have a game prep for Mississippi State and a game prep for uh, who we play against Kansas. So it's gonna be fun. That,
2: that one game random.
0: Yeah, that one random game. I just I I've, I've been so focused on watching Mississippi State film and, and breaking them down and Iverson Molinar is a great player. He's going to be fun to watch on Tuesday night and uh, he leads actually both points and assists for uh, Mississippi State. So I just hope that we come away with a win. That's all that's all I'm asking for. Is just we need to bounce back real quick, not drop two in a row. So, oh yeah, and then listen, Wednesday morning it'll be out Bourbon Basketball Nation. Uh, the Kentucky exclusive post game show, and so Gus, where can we find your work? Where besides the screens and screener podcast? I mean, do you have anything else you want to shout out? Because we will definitely plug and tag that account. For yeah, sure. I think
1: I think that you know, obviously, same same agenda as uh, as as your podcast. Uh, just give us a follow over on Twitter at SCS Podcast Efficiency of keystrokes, of course, uh, and then of course. Uh, take a peek at my co-host Randall rant at Randall rant. He does everything. He's NBA. He's college. He's NFL. He's all over the place. I don't even know how he has time to do all of these things, but he does. He's he's, he's part magician, uh, part best friend. And um, so go follow him on Twitter as well. He's a riot. And that's all we have. And I'm just happy to talk some hoops with you fellas. So thank you so much for the invitation. And Dal, I would just like to echo your sentiment. Life is about celebrations. Let's celebrate the good, right? Let's yeah, not get fair. bogged down by the bad. Celebrate! Life is about celebrations, gentlemen.
2: I actually, throughout the thing, have one more one more question for you. You have a Shang Chi shirt on. Uh, what's your What's your favorite Marvel Marvel
1: movie? Ooh, wow! Um, I'm a closet comic book nerd as well from back in the day um I, I almost went and got an, an
2: ipad today i really want to get one so i can get marvel unlimited uh one of my friends has been
1: pushing me to get it for a while so yeah we, we i mean you know having two daughters we have a disney plus so that gives me access to all the movies and course. all of that all of that stuff uh i have to tell you i really enjoyed watching hawkeye
0: yeah i think was, hawkeye really the series good.
1: was was really cool i think it was really well done Um, I like Jeremy Renner and, uh, yeah, so nothing wrong with some, you know, non-basketball entertainment once in a while. Oh, for sure. Uh,
0: Well, Dal, what's your favorite Marvel movie? Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I feel like the
2: end game has to be the pick just from a favorite perspective. The, the final scene where they, uh, they all team up to fight Thanos. Spoiler alert, I guess on that, you should Mm -hmm. know that, but, uh, that, that (laughs) that scene's incredible. Thor Ragnarok is probably, if I'm picking one of the non Avengers movies, um, the first like hour and a half of Thor Ragnarok is, so is incredible. Fun. Um, yeah, really so, fun. That's, yeah, I uh,
0: uh, I, I want to pick No Way Home here, but I think that's just an easy cop out, recency bias. But I still think you know five ten years from now I'm going to enjoy that just as much, just because I grew up watching Tobey Maguire and stuff. Um, but and and I really love Andrew Garfield. Great actor, loved him in Tick Tick Boom, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start off. I watched
2: Tick Tick Boom actually the other day with my mom. Incredible, absolutely incredible.
0: If you haven't watched it, please go watch it. Um, But I'm gonna go with uh, Winter Soldier. I thought that was the one that wowed me the most, and that was like one of the first Russo brothers movies, I think that they did. So it it really like it set the bar for those kind of Marvel movies. I think so. Really fun. Really enjoyed it. So yeah. Okay, so. Social media shout-outs. You can follow Dal at do underscore well Harmon. Anything yep. else you want to plug, buddy? Is there any no. accounts, for recent follows that you've been enjoying? I found one, mm-hmm. JG Tre- uh, JG Trends. Love, watch- you lo- love seeing their content. If you don't follow them, please go follow them. Uh, if you're into the analytics behind basketball.
1: Love Jack. He does great work.
0: Yeah, he does. Uh, You can follow me, Connor J. Caldwell. Uh, It's Connor with an E. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And then go ahead and follow SSN underscore Kentucky for Sidelines Kentucky. You'll find my game prep there. I'll retweet it on the Beers and Buckets podcast page. And uh, so, yeah, we'll get out of here. Let's go. I I, I didn't think of
2: one, uh, and it's non-college basketball related, but – with the Senior Bowl coming up this week, if you are into the NFL draft and that kind of stuff, uh, I'm sure there will be a ton of content. But at Scouting Lens, L-E-N-Z, is one of my buddies, uh, Lorenz Leinvaber. He's actually from Germany but came over, is flying over for the Senior Bowl. Um, I'm sure there will be a bunch of other people that you'll see him kind of like retweeting. Uh, but he's a, he's a great follow on the NFL draft side if you want to if you want to get into that
0: sweet look forward to it i'll definitely check it out because I uh, gotta know who the bucks are gonna pick up now hopefully it's a tackle or some sort of offensive lineman to keep tom brady safe so um let's go ucf knights they're gonna take down houston at 8 p.m on saturday and yeah, i am. gotta shout out to the citronauts the knights there so let's go ucf knights you guys have a great week